Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no offseason, and I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this on the 27th day of October 2017. And I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please don't call me Sully. Did I already say that? Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm recording this from the Sully Baseball Studio in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. Well, the Houston Astros just won game three of the World Series, and I've been watching it with my sons here. Uh, Brad Peacock got the save. McCullers, who got the big four-inning four save, started this game, got the win, and this time someone else got the big save. It was Brad Peacock. Now, my son, Aiden, get down here. Get by the microphone, buddy. Yeah. You just said something. You gave your analysis. Tell me your analysis of the end of the game. Well... So far, it's the Astros have won. So, I mean, two games won by the Astros, one game won by the Dodgers, which, I mean, I, I don't really care who wins anyways. But this is good. I mean, this is historic. I mean, this it's a, it's a record break, breaking for the Astros, and who knows how what the morale would be next time. That's true. Their morale would be low. So, well, so you think it's a positive thing that the Astros have won two games. Why, why, why so? Well, we'll finally have something to remember this year by. Okay, so they have something to remember you. Let's get for a counterpoint. Let's bring in my son, Maddie. Maddie, move tear down to the microphone here. I'm pretty sure they can hear the TV. What? Oh, yeah. I'm, the, the people listening to this know what happened. This is not going out live here. You do know how podcasts work. They're recorded here. So what were? Sorry. So come down to the microphone. What? Give me, give me your thoughts before I give my big thoughts. I don't know. Just I like the Astros are winning, but also it will still be historic if the Dodgers, um, you know, win as well since they haven't Not won. Not as historic. Not as historic, sure, but I mean, um, and, the remember, and also the twenty seventeen as the not as year. All right. Well then. Also, but um, I don't know. A lot of people to me root for the Dodgers. A lot of people I know prefer the Dodgers. And also earlier we were talking with oh babysitter Sydney. He's like, let's go Dodgers. You know, we we're like, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we live in Los Angeles County, so therefore it'd be fun to see the local team win. And but also, uh, the Los, uh, I think the population of Los Angeles is you know, relatively high compared to some some other cities and other places. So. Well, Houston's a big city too. I mean, these are two gigantic I cities. Know, but it's Los Angeles Houston is bigger than some other cities. Houston is in Texas, yeah. So you're right. More people will be happy if the Dodgers would because more people live here than in Houston. Is that what you're saying? Um, if that is factually correct, if more people do live, then the likelihood is hot. Well, what, what, what if people here like the Astros? That's a good point. What if people here like the Astros? What if people in the Houston like the Dodgers. Yeah, that's a better point. What are people and, there? And how many of those people that live here have no idea what baseball is? That's also what in the can. That's also that's also on the table. There could be people here who don't know. What baseball is. Well, let me tell you something. If you're listening to this podcast right now, I'm going to go on a limb and say that you do know what baseball is. Now, That's at, a risk now at one point during the game, at one of the more dramatic parts of the game, uh, my son Aiden placed a um, laptop in my face where you want me to watch a sequence from Jurassic Park, a scene where Dennis Nedry, the dude who played Newman on Seinfeld, uh, got killed by the Dilophosaur, who spits out the uh, uh, the acid on people's faces. What was the thing, Aiden, that you wanted me to know about that scene? Well, <laughs> if you recall, 
Uh, when, uh, when <coughs> Dennis Nedry, he was basically, you know, the officer and he were looking at each other. They were still down by the tree. Uh, you know, they're, they're basically the same size as the tree, by the way. You know, when Dennis Nedry pulled up his hood, you know, was, he you, puts up his rain, he puts up the yellow rain hood while looking at the Dilophosaur. And you ever notice how wide it was? Well, I didn't notice until I rewatched the scene. But do you know what it can look like? A Dilophosaur raising his frill. So when he uh, opened it up, Oh, I mean, as in you know, pulled up his visor, it looked to the officer, easily mistake it for a the officer frill, like challenging him. Oh, so what you're saying is that when the guy who played Newman and Seinfeld put the, his hood up from the rain, the Dilophosaur saw that as an act of aggression, and that's why that she attacked him with the spit and the venom in his face. Is that what you're saying with that great scene from Jurassic Park? Exactly. Well, uh, actually, I like to kind of, maybe not a threat, but some animals do a little more friendlier. It's like, let's probably like, not exactly like an, uh, I'm going to attack you, but like, it's sort of like when... It know, was basically a challenge. And- sort of big on sheep. Um, okay, so I guess, I, so what I'm saying is right now, the Astros have opened their frill and spit their venom in the face of the Dodgers to take this two-game-to-one lead. I'm trying to tie this back to baseball. Is or that pretty maybe, much where it is? Or, or maybe I might want to say raise the hood. Raise the hood. Okay, well, all right, guys. Well, this, is, uh, this won't be the whole podcast, but I want to bring you on board here. Uh, the L.A. Dodgers are down two games to one. The Astros are halfway to winning their first-ever World Series. Which makes tomorrow's game critical for L.A. If L.A. could win tomorrow, then the series will be even, and they'll get home field advantage back, and you know that there'll be a game on Halloween. You know that will happen if they win tomorrow. If the Dodgers lose tomorrow, then the Astros can win the World Series on Sunday. So there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. And with that in mind, boys, the TV is all yours. Yay! Yay. Oh, by the way, I, I put something on the um, whiteboard we have. is hitting court, tally marks. The do- one side would be the Dodgers, one side yes. One tally mark for the Dodgers, two tally marks for the Astros. Okay, so in case you're confused of who's leading the World Series, come over to Pasadena, stop by my kitchen, and look at the fridge. All right, so game three is over, and... It's the first time the Houston Astros have ever won a World Series game at home. And so there you go. You've checked that off the bucket list, as the boys would say. Uh, it's a historic event. And what it means is a couple of things. First of all, this is this is you know now by far the closest the Astros have ever come to winning the World Series. Boom. That's, that's pretty intense right there. Um, secondly, the... Tyranny of the save is not raising its ugly head with the Houston Astros. Now, we saw that McCullers got the four-out save to clinch the American League Championship Series. McCullers started this game, and Brad Peacock finished the last, was a three and a third, three and two-thirds for his first career save. And what is so obvious when you're watching it and it's so obvious as it unfolds, and the only reason why it's surprising that Peacock and McCullers finished those games out is we're so used to managers managing to the save. We are so accustomed 
to, oh, this person gets the save, so automatically they come in. Jaws didn't even warm up in the ninth. I look at I, I made it clear I'm rooting for Los Angeles because I'm here. But I am admiring the the strategy that A.J. Hinch has been showing with the bullpen because in both instances, he didn't manage with that stat in mind. McCullers had the Yankees on their heels. They couldn't hit him. So why would you take him out? And the same thing happened yesterday in a tighter game. I mean, that was a 4 nothing game for the clincher in, against the Yankees. This was a tighter game and one where it was a save situation if they had brought in Giles to pitch the ninth inning. It was only a two-run game. And they let Peacock pitch because why take him out? Why, I mean, he was pitching so well, why take him out? He was dealing. They couldn't get a hit off of him. And they had Will Harris to come in in case Peacock let up a hit or something like that. This postseason... The Astros have had three different pitchers earn a save. Giles earned saves in the division series and in the league championship series. McCullers got a save and uh, Peacock got a save. Now, yes, I, I understand the chief irony here is me saying ignore the save and yet I can't shut up about it. But what I can't shut up about is the fact that managing to that stat can be damaging especially in a postseason series where you have to say, I'm going to leave in the pitcher who is the best in this particular situation, who's dealing, who's going to give me the best chance to win right now, instead of putting myself in a situation where I'm saying, well, why didn't you use that guy? He's your closer. The whole concept of eighth, this is my seventh inning guy, this is my eighth inning guy, this is my ninth inning guy, is predicated on the batters who that pitcher will come in to face are the ones that he's the best to that he has the best chance again and and that doesn't always make sense what if the batters who are coming up in the eighth inning uh would have a better chance against peacock or a better you know would or or you'd have a better chance with peacock you'd have a better chance with luke gregerson or whomever why would you automatically say in the eighth inning this pitcher is the best matchup against these batters? Why don't you wait for the eighth inning and you see who's oh geez these are the pitch the batters who are coming up. This pitcher would be the best one to go against them. It would be amazing to see. To it would be amazing to put the wins and losses and saves in hindsight at the end of the season. You manage an entire season without looking at that and then see what a pitcher's record is and see how many saves there are. Imagine if you managed a whole season like this. Where you're like, well, this person's dealing. I better leave him in there. Or do you want? It's the ninth inning. I look at who the batters are coming up. I have a pitcher who always gets these batters out sitting in the bullpen. It's not my superstar reliever, but in this particular instance, these are the matchups that favor me best. In other words, managing to win the game as opposed to earn the save. It would be fascinating to see how someone would manage an entire season like that. Well, let me uh, 
let me just say this, because this is not going to be the longest episode um, I've ever done. But, you know, I do want to cover a couple of main things as the World Series is now 2-1 to one Houston. Now, if you are a lifelong Dodger fan, obviously you're rooting for the Dodgers to win, you know, to, to run the table and win the next three games. Obviously, if you are a lifelong Dodger hater, and I know there's a lot of San Francisco Giant fans who currently have earbuds in and are listening to me say this, uh, I totally understand why you don't want to live in a world where the Dodgers have won the World Series more recently than the Giants. I get that. You don't have to explain that to me. I understand your pal Sully is here for you. I'm here, okay? Just let it out. Let it out. Just cry. Don't cry out loud. Let just keep it inside. Actually, that's terrible advice. Cry out loud. Keep it in, keep it outside. I get that. If you are not a Houston Astros fan, if you are not a Los Angeles Dodger fan, if you are not a hater of the Los Angeles Dodgers, this is what you have to be rooting for for tonight. You have to be rooting for the Dodgers to win, and let me tell you why. Because so far we've had three games. One of them is a classic, and the other two have been pretty good. Which means we haven't had a dud in this. There's not been a dud in this World Series so far. And you want to see a series that doesn't have duds go deeper. I don't mean make you understand your place in the universe better. I mean go further into game six and seven. There have been World Series played, and some played recently, where there have been very good games, very competitive games, very exciting games, but they don't turn into memorable series in terms of being stuck in your brain because they only go four or five games. The series between the Rangers and the Giants come to mind. The series between the Royals and the Mets come to mind. The the Royals-Mets series would have been a borderline classic series had the Mets won game four. Because you knew there would have been a game six. You knew it would have gone to at least that game. But that series didn't. Neither did the series against San Francisco and Texas. Even though there were wonderful games in both of those series. Especially the clinchers. In order to get into Classicville. You really have to get into that sixth game. I think one of the only exceptions is the 1988 World Series because it was such an astonishing upset that the Dodgers beat the A's and it featured the Kirk Gibson game, which is the single greatest and most dramatic home run I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen a ton of them. Think about this decade. We've had some great World Series games this decade. I'm just off the top of my head. You have the game seven last year between the the Indians and the Cubs is a classic game that will be remembered for all time. You have game six between the Rangers and the Cardinals, which is one of the great game sixes of all time. And when you think about all the great game sixes, you know what a great statement that is. And you've had the game two this year is one of those wild, can you believe it games. What was the best game one of this decade? Let me think about that. I guess it was probably that wild, weird game between the Mets and the Royals, which had the 
game-tying home run in the ninth and just a lot of great base stealing and errors and things like that happening. Uh, then the best game two was probably the game we saw the other day between L.A. and the Astros. The best game three of the World Series, well, that may be the Will Middlebrooks game. The whole game where uh, Alan Craig tripped over Will Middlebrooks, remember that? It ends on the obstruction call, how bananas that was. Or maybe it was the game where Albert Pujols hit three home runs. You had that game four where the Mets made a bunch of errors, and then you had that other game four where Colton Wong was picked off of of uh, at first base to end the game. The game... Five between the Mets and the Royals, which went extra innings with a there's the Eric Hosmer's daring run to score with two outs in the top of the ninth tied the game, and ultimately the Royals won and clinched. Um, but then again, you also had that great game five, which was another clincher, which was a great duel between Tim Lincecum and Cliff Lee that featured the three run home run by uh, Edgar Renteria that broke open the game. Then you had the game six, but best game six of this decade was the, of course, has to be the Rangers twice being one strike away from winning the World Series, and somehow the Cardinals came back to win both times and win on the home run by David Freeze. And, you know, the game seven is going to be the Cubs versus the Indians, but there's got to be an honorable mention for the game where Tim Lincecum came out and pitched the final five innings. And with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, Hosmer hit the ball that was misplayed that was nearly a game-tying inside-the-park home run. And instead, he was on third, and he got uh, uh, Salvador Perez to pop up to Pablo Sandoval and to end the World Series with a five-inning sa- five save. Screw a five-out save, a five-inning save for Madison Bumgarner. And that's, of course pushed back to the shadows because of the classic that took place between the Cubs and the Indians. What I'm saying is, for the casual baseball fan, you got to root for the Dodgers to win. So it's even at two. So it turns into a three-game series where you know you could potentially be setting up a classic. And so when you can do what I just casually did right now, off the top of my head, rattle off what's the best this, what's the best that, you can look back and say, wow, we've had a lot of really good World Series games this decade. And we have. We've had some classics. We have some ones that will be remembered forever. And you want to know that you're witnessing it. That's part of the joy of October baseball, is feeling, hey, I'm witnessing something great. I'm witnessing something that is timeless. I'm witnessing something that is part of the ongoing river of baseball memories, and this is going to be remembered along with everything else. Instead of, oh, I was always better in the past. No, we're watching something great. And to savor that, and to love it. And the best thing that happened in this series, especially with how evenly matched these two teams that won over 100 games are, and how good these games have been, is to push for a 6th or 7th game. And if you're a casual fan, 
or if you're a fan of neither team, you've got to be rooting for that today. Because it's fun to watch classics. It's fun to share classics. It's fun to say, yeah, this one's going to be remembered alongside the Fisk game, alongside the Bazarowski game, or whatever. Because that's what it is. It's adding to the great scrapbook of memories. So, unless you're a Houston fan or a Giants fan, I'm going to say it. Let's go Dodgers. And I wonder what my kids are going to insist I watch instead of the game. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, Reverend, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Enjoying an unfolding classic. This is Sully Baseball, recording from Pasadena, California. I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.